Hello everyone, my name is Eric McCray and this is Victorious for Life Podcast. The name of this episode is called Deal Breakers. Deal Breakers, interesting topic. We all have them. We all have deal breakers. A lot of people have been dating for years or the history of dating. Deal breakers comes with the territory. What are deal breakers? Well, I just keep it short and simple. Deal breakers or anything that you have zero tolerance for. Anything. Let's start with my deal breakers. What are my deal breakers concerning women? Well, I'm the type of man that I don't like to compete with a woman and her children concerning if her child's needs and wants always or constantly supersedes or interrupt the dating process, meaning that uh, her child's needs or wants is always uh, is always coming up. And it, it, what it does is it's a distraction and prevents myself and that woman. It, it prevents us from connecting together. That's what I'm trying to get out. Excuse my stuttering. It just prevents that from happening. I've been there before. You know, so the, the problem I have with this with this particular deal breaker is that a lot of people only see things from the mother's point of view and they're not looking at it from my point of view or from, from another man's point of view. If his point of view is, if he understands my point of view, I'm not suggesting that a any self-respected mother neglects her child or puts the man above the child. I'm not suggesting that. What I'm saying is that if you have children, you know that your kids are needy and you know that you may have the type of child that that child has been is, is, is you know, is, is use of the mother always being there. And that child, which you do have some kids that they don't want the mother to date because that's going to take time away from them. Now, can children be selfish? Yes, they can. A lot of people, they may not really feel that that child should be held accountable for their, you know, negative desire to be selfish. I personally believe that they should. Now, any woman that really wants to date, you need to have a life of your own, which is separate from your children. And your child can only fill in certain emptiness or voids in your life, but your child can't fill every aspect or every emptiness or every void in your life. What I'm saying is that a balance, having a balance is always necessary. When you dealing with a man like myself, you know, my kids are grown, my girls are 17, 18, they don't live with me, and I don't have any kids in the household. Someone recommended that option A, I should get with a woman that don't have no kids, or option B, I should just get with a woman that has grown kids and the kids don't live inside the house. Well, sometimes it's not easy to find option A or B because majority of the women that I come in contact with on the dating profiles and sometimes in person, they have children that live with them. A lot of their children are small. Some of them may have teenagers, even a lot of parents or mothers, whether the child is 10 years old or under or the child is uh, 16, 17 years old. A lot of parents, they cater to their kids no matter what the ages are. Child could be 21 years old and you have uh, mothers out there that would cater to their 20-year-old child no different than a mother would cater to her three-year-old child. And the problem that I have with that is that as the child gets older and the child becomes a young adult, you have to prepare for that child to face the real world. And a lot of 
parents, they enable their kids so much, which cripples, the, it cripples the child mentally, emotionally, even spiritually. Makes it difficult, makes it, makes it that much more difficult for that child to be motivated to want to leave home. And so the single mother, she's always, she has this hero complex, which is necessary, but she feels the need to always wear the cape and the S on her chest. It's, you know, if I was raised like that, I believe that my perspective, my perspective on this topic would be different. I, w- I just wasn't raised that way. You know, my mom, the best thing that she did for me, and I told her this before, was kick me out of the house. My mom just wasn't, she, she just gave me a harsh reality. I'm not saying that my mom was right for that. It's that my perspective is different because of the simple fact that I had to figure out on my own. So when I see a lot of women that has, you know, sons and, you know, uh, especially, you know, their sons could be like equivalent to a pretty boy. He, he, you know, he looks at his mom, you know, and and expect his mom to do everything for him. You know, listen, let me make a point. I heard something years ago. I heard somebody mention that mothers raise their daughters to be like them to be independent, independent thinkers. That's why a lot of times you see more, the average woman or young woman, young, you know what I'm saying? She leaves at her mom's house and establishes her own roof over her head. And she leaves before the sun does. The sun is always the last to go. This is something I see on a, on a consistent basis. Why is this the case? Well, let's take it all the way back to slavery. And I'm gonna give y'all history for those that may not be aware of real African-American history, not this watered down um, garbage of history that, you know, racist white people give us in the month of February, which is 28 days. Anyway, that's, I don't want to get get off topic anyway, but the point is that why is this the case? Well, in slavery time, black women at that particular time, they protected their sons so much because they got so accustomed to seeing that their husbands was being sold or their husbands was being killed, hanged, lynched, burnt, whatever the situation was. And so they wanted to protect their sons because they didn't want their sons to be the next victim. But, you know, however, I'm not saying that uh, women wasn't, uh, you know, they wasn't going through the same negative uh, traumatic experience. You know, women wasn't, you know, uh, women at that time never they experienced traumatic experiences too. I'm just trying to get the words out. But the point is that a lot of times more men died than women, according to history. And you know, a lot of women died, you know, during slavery time. But more black men died. I, I, you know, based off research, I found out that more black men had died than black women. As, you know, from the result of lynchings and burnings and stuff like that. And again, I apologize for my stuttering. I'm just trying to get the words out. It's like my mind is moving faster than, you know, my ability to, you know, materialize or produce the words. The point is, is that black women then are no different than black women now. They just go hard to protect their sons because they know that their black sons back then where public enemy number one, no different than now. And no different than now, you hear more about black men, black boys being murdered, more than black girls are being murdered. Again, I'm not saying that black girls are not being murdered, 
when you look at the statistics, you look at the percentages, you hear more about black men being killed than black women. And so um, that's one of many reasons why I could think that why black women didn't shield or guarded the daughters like she, you know, compared to how the way she shielded and guarded the sons, black women tend to protect their daughters by teaching their daughters to be independent thinkers and to be strong in her spot. That was her way of protecting her. When it came to the sons, some black women, you know, a lot of black women, they didn't train their sons to be independent thinkers versus, I mean, compared to how the way she treated, you know, how the way she trained the daughters. She nurtured the son, protected him. And I'm not saying that she was wrong for doing that. The only problem with that is that not only you're not necessarily treating him to think and be like a man, but he will always feel the need to be guided and taught and, and you know guided and taken care of by a female figure. And I have a brother that's like that. My mom, you know, she pampered him and you know she made him feel like uh, he was the king of the world. Now, you know, he's married to his wife and she, you know, he depends on her for everything. And by himself, he's not able to take care of himself by himself as a man. When a man has a family, he need, you know, not only he needs to know how to take care of his family, but he still needs to know how to take care of himself. And if you're not taught how to take care of yourself properly, then when you get with a woman, especially if you have mommy issues and you, you know, you're accustomed to being led and taught, nurtured and pampered by, by your mother, it's, it's, automatic, it's automatic that most men, either consciously or subconsciously, they look for a woman fit, they look for a woman that's going to replace the role of the mother. Some women that go along with it, some women ain't trying to hit that. Some women are looking for a man's man where when you leave the nest, you leave the nest and you separate yourself from your mother on the aspect of depending on your mom to take care of you, where you need to transition and take care of yourself. So I'm interested to hear what a lot of women think about this particular topic. Again, I'm not suggesting for any woman to lose the desire to take care of your son. That's not what I'm saying in this particular episode on the Victorious for Life podcast. What I am putting out there is that when you cater to your son to the point where you 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 raise your daughters but you love your sons and that's the that's the statement that's the saying a lot of women they raise their daughters to think like them to be independent thinkers and this is why the daughters move out they leave the nest quicker than the sons do well you love your sons is almost a almost equivalent as though he was your husband and it's, it's almost like a platonic relationship with a lot of mothers. They have a, it's, it's, they all, they have a, like a either borderline platonic relationship, or they just have a platonic relationship with their sons. And I and I've heard stories about how the way a lot of women cater to their sons from from a platonic aspect. And I've seen it myself. But when you mention this to a lot of mothers out there, they're going to get offended. Well, a lot of people don't want to hear the truth about themselves. Do your research on history. Why do black women tend to cater more to their sons than the daughters? 
This goes all the way back in slavery. And a lot of people just, each generation after generation, a lot of people just, it's like you inherit generational curses for a lot of people. Because again, back in the, in the slavery days, or the slavery time period, women, black women, was afraid that their sons was going to be killed by white people. And they did everything they could to protect their sons. They was more concerned about protecting their sons than to train their sons to be a man's man, to become an independent thinker. Well, black women then, just like black women now, wasn't really public enemy number one, even though black women was getting killed then, just like black women are getting killed now by racist white people. However, like I said once, I'll say it again, black men were getting killed a lot more than black women in slavery days, just like black men are getting killed now more than black women. That's why I see a lot of black women have uh, frames on their Facebook profile because I have a black son. No one's saying because I have a black daughter. Think about it. So a lot of you black African-American women or black women that's listening to this particular episode, this is something for you to think about. You know, you can take this episode and take what you want from it and, dis- and discard the rest. Or you choose not to listen. It's up to you. You know, I'm not just saying this because I wasn't raised where my mom went hard to protect me. I'm not just saying it for that reason only. I'm looking at the facts. You know, do I wish my mom protected me more? Of course. Of course I do. But I also see the benefits of my mom, you know, put me in a situation where I had to figure it out. I became strong. And if if she protected me a lot more, I seriously, I seriously don't think or believe that I would be the man I am today. Sometimes you need, in order for something good to happen, you do need something negative to happen to get your attention, to be like a spark or a match to get your attention. Well, anyway, the name of this episode, again, is called Deal Breakers. I just mentioned, you know, just mentioned an example of a deal breaker that I have. But a lot of people have deal breakers. It's a possibility. Is it a possibility that I might do a sequel? Because I haven't mentioned a lot of deal breakers. I just mentioned just one. My particular deal breaker is being with a woman with small children. That's my preference. So if anybody wants me to do a sequel, let me know and I can cover additional deal breakers because they are multiple deal breakers that people have. Again, deal breakers are part of dating. It comes for the territory. On that note, my name is Eric McRae, and thank you for once again for tuning into Victorious for Life podcast. And again, I apologize for the stuttering. You have a good night.